Hello, and welcome to Nearsighted, a podcast by yours truly. I'm Miranda, and I'm back again. Today, I am going to be talking about the hardest lessons that I have ever had to learn. But yeah, it might be a long one, so we're gonna we're gonna get cozy. Um, do you guys like SMR? SMR, fucking idiot. Um, do you guys like ASMR? I don't really. I'm not into it. Um, sometimes like I'll be scrolling through TikTok and there's like the little clicky sound. I wonder if I can do it. Hang on. <laughs> can you hear that? I don't have nails. Wait, hang on. Let me get this. Oh, I bet that sounded sexy. Anyway, I'm not necessarily into ASMR, but I think that it's interesting. Um, And like I said, this might be a long one. And it's going to be me talking about things I don't like to think of all the time. So I'm going to create the most cozy fucking atmosphere that I can right now. So here, let's see. Okay, step one is that I'm going to take off Toulouse's collar so that it's not jingling in the background. She's going to cuddle up right next to me and keep me warm. Listen to me talk to myself, like always. Then I'm going to put on some chapstick. Bird's bees, if you're wondering. The peppermint kind. Not the medicated peppermint kind, because I'm not a psychopath. Um, but I will say that I was a, Blix- a Blistex girl before this, and that's medicated. Um, it tastes like ass now. But I had to buy one. I bought one from Marcus Market the other day or like a month ago because I lost my bird's bees. And I was like, okay, I get this. And I swear I didn't put chapstick on for like two days after that. I've been using this bird's bees for literally like a year to the day religiously. I, I'm i not kidding. Not only are my lips always chapped, it has I have formed an addiction. Like I'll be at work and I start to get like itchy and and like anxious. I'm like, I gotta, I'll be right back. I gotta go put on my chapstick. Everyone is like going outside to smoke and I'm like, I just hang on. I, <laughs> I need to get my chapstick. It's always in the bottom of my bag, dude. And I'm like frantically digging for it. Like I'm an addict. Anyway, chapstick's on. Um, what's next? Oh, my heated blanket. Cause I'm always cold. There we go. Alrighty. Now I have a candle, because, you know. Hang on. Stay on the line. Your call is very important to us. Okay. Now we got a candle. Because what's more... What says ambiance more than a candle? Got that bitch on. Sorry to lose, don't breathe that in. And now, a beverage. Uh, take your guesses in the comments. The comments that don't exist because it's a podcast of what I'm about to drink. Guys, maybe I'm going to become a Foley artist. Fuck, okay. Um... Place your bets now, because I'm about to tell you what I just poured. We sell this tart beer at the restaurant I work at. It's by Upland Brewing, which I think is local. Mm, local-ish. Actually, I think it's like Vermont or something. Wait. Who knows? Um, 
but it's called the modern tart like modern art but <laughs> it's a it's a fruit it's a tart anyway anyway i pour that into my step grandparents vintage wedding glassware <laughs> um that's like black and very aesthetic and it sits on my bar cart all the time but i like rarely drink so cheers okay are you guys ready come on you're taking forever So I'd like to think that the first hard lesson I ever had to learn was just figuring out who I was as a person. So coming face to face with the fact that I'm a person with my own thoughts and feelings and I hold space in this world and just figuring out what that meant, but more so what that meant to me. Um, so by that, I mean like, who, who am I to the core, you know, without being influenced by my environment so not who am I to my family or who am I around my friends? You know, who am I when it's just me? Like, who am I bringing around with me who's the core of all of my interactions and relationships? And that was hard in the sense that it just took a lot of time and a lot of growing up and a million different experiences, but it wasn't painful. It was just a lot to learn and it was extremely important for my self-growth. And as a kid, this isn't something that you think of. You know, you're too busy being a kid, trying to fit in and be like one another and trying to figure things out and, you know, not having an existential crisis about your purpose in life. And that's a good thing, obviously, because childhood is supposed to be free and careless and fun. I learned this lesson alongside of another one, which is basically that growing up can mean learning that the people that you love and admire are also human, which means that they are deeply flawed and they have their own personal demons. It's like, um, I was thinking about this recently and I feel like it's like when you get older and you watch old movies or cartoons and realizing all the adult jokes or like sexual innuendos and being like, what the fuck? I watched this as a kid, like the adults in my life, like knew I was watching this. Um, I think that's funny, like watching old movies or like Spongebob episodes and, or something and being like, how am I just realizing this? <laughs> um, something along those lines that I realized um, like maybe two years ago um, is that in the movie Elf with Will Ferrell, the guy in the mailroom did not pour syrup into his coffee. That was 100% alcohol. And that was like a shocking realization. It was really funny, honestly. And Obviously, if I had watched it for the first time as an adult, I would have known that. But I think it just took me so long because as a kid, it was like one of my favorite movies. Um, so the way that I first perceived it was how it stayed. It's like that childhood innocence of how you can view things. Um, and there was never any reason for me to go back and reanalyzing it. You know, it was just it was what it was. The way that it entered my brain was the way that it stayed for so long. And then one day I just randomly rewatched it with a different perception, you know, an adult perspective and realized it. But growing up and realizing that, you know, some of the building blocks of your life have another side is not as lighthearted as realizing that Will Ferrell was drunk and not having a sugar rush or being in a, a silly, goofy mood. So it's, it's like you have the, these weird childhood blinders on in a sense where you're just holding on so tightly to, you know, the person that you once saw them as because that's the person that you want them to be. That's the person that they always were to you. And 
you know, maybe it's most comforting version, but, you know, one day you could grow up and look at someone or something with fresh eyes and you realize something that you hadn't noticed before. And it doesn't mean that it wasn't always there. It just, you didn't see it before. And now everything is just being seen in a different context or perspective because you've grown up and suddenly you see a completely different situation or you just see it for for what it is or for who people really are and honestly who they have been this whole time. Another lesson I learned that is pretty cliche, but it's cliche because we've all had to learn it, is that you cannot fix everyone. I cannot fix everyone. Honestly, I probably can't fix anyone and I'm not supposed to. Um, I'm sure that we've all gone through that phase of dating someone who is just a fucking deadbeat, honestly. (laughs) And now like growing up, there are so many times where it's easy to look at someone else's relationship and be like, girl, what the hell are you doing? Like who is, no, he's a piece of shit. Everyone knows it except you except that you probably do know it, but you just don't want to accept it because, you know, you see one or two great things about a person and then you spend the rest of your relationship trying to convince yourself that those one or two good aspects outweigh everything else, even if everything else is like awful shit. Um, And speaking as someone who had to learn this lesson, honestly, the hard way is it's so fucking easy to pinpoint that in other people's relationships. Like in, I have a lot of friends um, who are younger than me, I, growing up and working in, not growing up, but well, yeah, growing up and working in the service industry, you know, people of all ages work in the service industry. I started working in the service industry when I was like 17. I was freshly 21 when I started working in like big, crazy restaurants. And it's like, there are people working there in their thirties. There's people working there who were like 18. So it's like, especially when you're an adult who's working full-time in the service industry, you don't have time to make other friends. So you're friends with everyone who who you work with, you know? So I had a lot of friends who were much younger than me who kind of were like in in the middle of learning that lesson that you can't fix people. And it was easy for me to want to shake them and be like, you are worth so much more than this. Can't you see that they're a piece of shit and you need to just go? But, you know, when you're when you're the person who's in that, you can't see a fucking thing and nothing that anyone will ever say to you will get you to see it. You have to figure it out yourself. Um, I did hear a a podcast like a few years ago and they were talking about like kind of this subject um, and they, this isn't a direct quote because I can't really remember it, but um, overall they were just talking about how when you have friends who are in shitty relationships, telling them how shitty their partner is, isn't going to make them want to break up with them. You know, it's going to make them fold in on themselves and hold even tighter to the good parts of that person. Because, I mean, no one wants to come to the realization that the people, that the person they've spent all their time and energy on is someone who's not worth it, you know? Um, But they were saying that the best way to get them to see that they're with the wrong person is to help them see like how wonderful they are so kind of just like gassing them up but in like a truthful way you know like saying things to them more often that are gonna boost their self-esteem um but so basically just saying like oh you're so selfless and kind and you work so hard like you deserve all of the best things you're such a good friend I'm glad that you know how to 
stand up for yourself or I'm so proud of you, things like that and things that are true because eventually when they keep hearing people that they love tell them all of these like self-affirming things about their character, eventually they're going to start to internalize it and then they're going to realize how much they're worth actually and how good they deserve to be treated, etc. So, you know, once their pers- their perspective of themselves change, their perception of their partner will change, hopefully. And, you know, they can take it from there because it's not our responsibility to do it for them. And in all honesty, I have just told my friends that they should break up with their partner. You know, I'll be like, they kind of suck. Like, they're kind of mean to you. Like, this isn't right or they're gaslighting you or whatever it is. Um, And at first, it's like kind of lighthearted because, you know, that's a hard thing to hear. Um, But then eventually they'll realize like, this bitch is literally telling me to break up with my partner. And, you know, it's not like I'm trying to push people away, you know, Um, and because I know that they'll see it in time. So as a friend, I did tell them honestly that I thought they deserved better, but I'm not just going to be that negative friend who's just, you know, telling them what they don't want to hear. Yeah, I decided at a very young age, like in high school, um, and this is probably something that I read or saw, like I don't think that this is an original thought, but it it just stuck with me and I've said it so many times that I would just, I would rather be honest with someone and like potentially hurt their feelings or, you know, them maybe be mad at me by, because I, I think that it's more valuable to just tell someone the truth so that they can learn and they can grow because if it's someone I love, I want the best for them, even if it's a little hurtful. And I, I think it's a disservice to always sugarcoat things because then you're you're not helping them learn or grow. So I would rather have someone be mad at me because I told them the truth, which is beneficial, than, you know, just be all lovey-dovey and best friends, whatever, because I was like, oh, it's fine. Everything's fine. You know, I don't think that that's being a good friend in the long run but obviously finding a middle ground is good because you can be stern and honest with people but that doesn't mean just like rip them to shreds you know you can still do it with love and I don't know what it is about romantic relationships that make you feel like you just want to fix people like what is that about I don't know sometimes I think it's like has something to do with motherly nature I don't know who knows and I think that being able to see the good in people is extremely valuable, but like on the flip side, it can be extremely detrimental if you don't balance it with reality or if you're just refusing to see the negative in them as well, because everyone has pros and cons, but they don't necessarily outweigh each other all the time. So the next lesson I wanted to touch on was the lesson of learning that I am worth something and not in the sense that I'm worth something to other people, but learning that I believe that I'm worth something. And I think that's a lesson that people struggle with throughout their whole lifetime. You know, self-acceptance, self-confidence, self-love. It's definitely not just like a one and done thing. You don't just learn self-confidence and then you have it for the rest of your life and you're set. Obviously, it's something that ebbs and flows and it kind of rides all the waves of life with you. But I think it's something that you, you have to learn. Like, me personally, I felt like there was a pivotal point that I needed to reach where realizing my worth meant that I was willing to protect myself and fight for myself and stand up for myself and honestly just not sell myself short. And learning this lesson has helped me feel safe and strong and independent and 
less guilty and it has helped me learn learn the absolute hardest lessons I've ever had to learn. You know, this has kind of been like the foundation of a lot of other lessons. And it's something that takes practice, you know, it's not it's not easy, but well, it is easy to forget about that. <laughs> and at least for me it has been because I I'm just very empathetic. I'm a I'm a people pleaser. I want everyone to be happy all the time. So I find it's easy to push my emotions or my gut feelings to the side to make others happy and comfortable. And I don't think that that is unique just to me. I think that a lot of people feel that way. But, you know, once you, or at least how I feel is once I got over that initial act of self-worth, so not just realizing that I was worth something, but like internalizing it and deciding that I was going to act in a way that I was worth it, I I felt so much better afterwards because then I could do things like set boundaries and that just made me feel safe and it gave me the space to grow and learn even more and that's the whole point, you know. Another lesson that I think is very common for people is that asking for help is okay. Asking for help is normal. It does not make you weak And honestly, suffering alone in silence is not normal. (laughs) The other day I was at work and there was these, uh, there was this group of girls sitting at the bar and I kind of walked up like mid conversation and I heard one of them like lean over and ask one of their friends. She was like, wait, you're on Lexapro, right? And then she was like, no, I'm on Wellbutrin. And then one of the other girls was like, can you drink on that? And I just like, I probably looked like a weirdo because I just had like the biggest smile on my face because I was like, fuck yeah, you talk about your mental illness, like you talk about your medicine and it was just like really freeing because they felt free to just like talk about that and I don't know, I just like, I just loved it. I feel like we've made it a long way, you know, when it comes to normalizing mental health, but there's still that underlying negative stigma that it comes with. And I don't know, it's just, it's freeing. It was freeing to me to be able to reach that point where I was like, I'm just going to talk about these things because they don't have to be taboo. Like saying that, you know, you struggle with mental illness, why should that be a negative thing? Especially because the person that you want to talk to about it or that you could talk to about it is probably feeling the same fucking thing. And talking about these things helps us realize that we're not alone and I think that's extremely valuable. And I do say that all the time, but I'm saying it again. <laughs> I want to put a trigger warning for the rest of the podcast. So if you're sensitive to substance abuse or emotional abuse or mental illness or anything along those lines, this might be a good place to stop. I'm not going to go into the nitty gritty details, but it will be brought up. So years ago, my anxiety and depression were getting pretty bad, like the worst it had ever been. And to make a very long story short, I watched some of my best friends struggle with it as well. But um, in their situations, it was paired with substance abuse um, and medication. Well, yeah, substance abuse. (laughs) And to put it plainly, my close friend and my partner ended up being admitted to the psych ward within like the same week. And that was something I'd never experienced before. And both situations were very heartbreaking and soul-shattering to watch and just very dark. So having to drag myself to the doctor to tell them that I needed help, aka medicine, was one of the scariest things that I had ever done because the only people that I 
really knew, like up close and personal, who took medicine, ended up in the psych ward partially because of it. And during this time um, where I was in such a place of fear and feeling so helpless and not knowing how to be there for my friend or my partner and just feeling so overwhelmed, I I called my family friend who was a nurse because I didn't know how to like get to them or see how they were. I didn't even know what hospital they were at. And it was just very like I wanted to be there for them and I didn't know how to, you know, navigate that system. But um, I called them and was just honestly freaking out. And during that that time, I had this this memory is like burned into my brain because I was at my friend's house because I had I had keys to their house and they had animals and I would sometimes like take care of them for them. And while they were, you know, away, I knew that they needed to be taken care of. So I had gone there and it was like springtime where it's still kind of chilly out but it was so warm and the sun was shining in through the windows and they had such like a cozy warm like family home and I'm just crying my eyes out feeling so bad and so sad and so helpless and so I I had called my family friend and they they taught me the absolute hardest and probably most important lesson that I've ever had to learn and that is that I I am only responsible for myself. And, you know, this just means I'm only responsible for my own happiness and no one else's. And not in a way that means that I don't care about people or that I won't go to the ends of the earth for the people that I love. Um, It doesn't mean that I won't help dig them out of dark places, but sometimes you can be so focused on digging someone out for so long that you're just digging and digging, and then all of a sudden, you, you realize that you're in too deep to climb out yourself. This has been the most beneficial lesson for my own personal growth. Just learning that just because you love someone doesn't mean that you are responsible for them. Moving out on my own and experiencing the world for the first time outside of my sheltered bubble of adolescence, I learned very quickly that I was all of a sudden exposed to dark and awful things, just the human existence in general. But it took me much longer to realize that for your own preservation, sometimes you have to force yourself to turn away after a while. Um, another story that could take me hours, not days, to tell. <laughs> um, I'm going to narrow it down to a few minutes. But basically, I was in a relationship. This is like, you know, a, um, this happened after the, the last story I just told, but basically I was in a relationship with someone who was an alcoholic and I had never really been around an alcoholic in this kind of intimate context. Um, so I didn't really realize it until it was too late because I didn't really know what to look for or what I was looking at. I was just very naive and that's just because I was young and I mean, I was lucky to grow up in a safe environment where many of the dark aspects of the human existence weren't present. And I never had to learn about it because it just wasn't around. And I'm very lucky to say that. And so all of a sudden I was I was sharing my life with people who were just swimming in the depths of addiction and mental illness. And I didn't even realize it until I was all of a sudden in it with them. And by that, I don't mean that I was an alcoholic, but it still affected me greatly. And all of a sudden, my world revolved around it. 
they were the one that they were the one under the influence of alcohol, but I was under the influence of them. You know, suddenly alcohol had this weird chokehold over my life, even though it was never my issue to begin with and it always been theirs. But all of a sudden, I found myself stuck at the bottom of this hole that I couldn't tell who dug it, but it was filled with denial and empathy and what I thought was love and me loving someone through something terrible that they were going through. And then I realized that there was no way that I could save them. There was no way that I could save them from drowning in this addiction because either I drowned trying to save them or I could just kind of watch from the shore. And that is heartbreaking to learn and to say even to say now, but we have to realize like they are going down no matter what because it's not something that anyone can pull them out of except themselves. And that decision to leave someone behind, especially when they're in such a bad place, is probably the worst that I've ever felt. It made me feel selfish and worthless and just so extremely sad. And I just, I don't, I, knew that I couldn't fix them and that I deserved to be in an, in an environment where I could flourish and that wasn't it. Oh, okay. So <laughs> in all honesty, um, I re-recorded that podcast. The first version was probably twice as long, twice as detailed and yeah, I felt like I I felt like it was just a little bit a little bit much and not in a bad way. Um but yeah, I kind of I kind of reeled it in a bit. I hope that it was I don't want to say interesting. <laughs> I hope that it was insightful. Um putting things like this on the internet is terrifying. Um and I know that a lot of people, most people wouldn't dare putting this kind of thing out into the world. And I respect that. Um, I think it kind of goes along with people being like, don't make your Instagram your diary or whatever, which I also respect. Um, but like I have said, pr- probably in every podcast, I think that sharing these kind of things is important. And I wish that growing up or like while I was learning all these hard lessons, I had someone else to be like, oh, yeah, I got you. I've learned this. Here are some hard things, like kind of like leading you through it, you know, or um, what's that phrase? Like things that you wish like you had a big sister to teach you or something. I don't know. I just, I think that it would have been a lot easier on me to have someone help me through hard times. Oh, my alarm is going off. I need to wrap this up. I will, I promise. <laughs> um, but I did it and that's fine. Um, I think I am stronger for it, but I really tried to advocate for myself and not necessarily be a good example because I'm not perfect, but I really try hard to be there for the people that I love. And, you know, if I see people going through these same things, it's like I want them to learn the lesson because you have to learn these lessons to grow, but they don't always have to be so painful. And they're still going to be hard, but sometimes if you know that someone else has had a similar experience, it just makes it a little bit easier. And I think that that is worth something. So 
thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope that you remember that you are worth it. You are worth putting in the effort. You are worth learning all the hard lessons. I'm proud of you and we'll talk soon. Bye.